prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you this day as your children gathered in this place in fellowship with one another and with you. We pray that you would touch our hearts with your word, that you would encourage us by your spirit, that we might bear witness to you in our lives, in all that we do and say, that we might confess you as King of King and Lord of Lords, and that in the midst of, of both uh, subtle and overt persecution in this world, that we would stand firm and bear witness to the end. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. As we approach the end of the church year, we focus on that which is to come, the sometimes referred to as the end times, that Christ is going to come again. And, and really, we, we focus on that throughout the year because our eyes are always fixed on heaven. Our eyes are always fixed on eternity and what God has done, is doing, and will do in our lives. Sometimes the thought of the end times kinds, uh, kind of, it, 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 it unsettles us a little bit, and such is the, the way in the gospel today. I think it unsettles the disciples. Now, as we approach the end of the church year, we also know that, that there's this day coming and it's coming quickly. And it's this day where people from all over our nation will, some of them who aren't quite in their right minds, maybe some of you included, who will get up extra early in the morning to stand in line at a particular store on Friday to get one of those items at a bargain price. while those of us who are a little smarter go golfing. <laughs> How many of you have ever experienced at any time in your life, not just on Black Friday, having something sold out when you went to buy it? Whether it's a concert ticket or a ticket to that coveted football game or some toy that's the hot commodity for the year or whatever else. We've all experienced that. And, and some people will, will experience that this coming Friday on, on Black Friday. They'll get there and they'll hope that they can get one of the items that's on the shelf, but in so many cases, they'll, they'll be there a little late. Or when two people are grabbing for that last item, there will be a little tussle in the aisle. It's amazing how we, how we become, how shall I say this politely, greedy on Black Friday. When I think about it, this whole idea of being sold out really points me to another Friday where Jesus was sold out 
for 30 pieces of silver. Sold out by someone he trusted, by a disciple. Because you see, the true Black Friday is not the one that comes this Friday on an annual basis when we try to acquire the things that we want to acquire for Christmas, for gift giving. The, the true Black Friday comes when, when Christ carries a cross up the hill. It comes when he suffers and he dies in our place. The true Black Friday is when he pays the price for the darkness of our sins. And the cool thing about this Black Friday is that in some way and somehow, there's always enough redemption to go around. Because he was sold out, the shelf of grace and of mercy is always full. And that's an important message for us to deliver today. It's an important message because, you see, there are so many people who think in some way, shape, or form that their life is so bad that they could never, ever receive grace and mercy from God because, you see, in some way, they're not good enough. Raise your hand if you're good enough on your own. Carl, put it down. No one is righteous. Not even one. We can do all the right things, say all the right things, and think all the right things for maybe, for maybe a moment of time. And then some thought, some action, some word we speak puts us into a wrong mindset and into a wrong relationship with God. And that's why we need a Savior who carries a cross up the hill for us. Sold out by us. Judas was just the middleman. He was sold out by us because of our sin and our unrighteousness, and he took our place on the cross. He carried it. 
And that's what opens up eternity for us. That's what opens up our salvation. That's what we focus on. So often, like the disciples, we're focused on the temporal things, the things that we think have permanence in our world, the majestic stones of the temple stacked up for the whole world to see. Jesus says, it doesn't last. We try storing up for ourselves treasures on earth where thieves break in and moth and rust consume. We try building monuments, even sometimes to the glory of God, but they don't last. They're torn down. The disciples were all worried about when is this all going to take place, and sometimes we fall into that trap too. When is Jesus going to come again? Does anybody know? I like to answer it this way. When he's good and ready. Well, when is that? I don't know. Ask him. Could it happen today? Yes. Could it happen next week? Yes. The point is we are to always be ready. We don't know what's going to happen in our world, but Christ will come again. And we are to be aware of those who in the meantime put up the false teaching, who tell us that, you know, Christ is not the only way to salvation. Or sometimes you'll see uh, people talking about, well, you know, really it is about how good you are. There are so many false teachings and they creep into our world and they creep even into our churches at times because, you see, we fail to be Christ-focused and we fail to stand on the word. It really is all about the word. Be aware. Hold on to your faith. We see it in this world, a world that ever increasingly across the face of this earth is persecuting Christians more and more. Two Christian pastors in the Sudan arrested, jailed for years because they're teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in a predominantly Muslim country. Finally, finally freed this last fall. Christians in Egypt suffering when their places of worship are bombed and when worshipers are killed because of their faith in Jesus Christ. When Christ calls us to faith, he doesn't say that it's going to be easy. 
He reminds us that we're going to face the challenges of this world, that we are, as we stand for the truth, going to be persecuted. It's time for us in this country to join our brothers and sisters who are standing for the faith at the risk of their lives around this world. And we here in our comfort zones are so afraid to share our faith because we think someone might not like us. Or someone might treat us unkindly. Or we might be verbally abused. And so we keep our mouths shut. It's time for us in this country to begin to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ clearly and boldly no matter what the culture around us thinks. Because Christ is coming again. And he calls us to bear witness to the truth so that others around us in this world and in our lives can know him like we know him as Lord and as Savior. We have that promise at the end of our gospel lesson. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Do you ever think of that as a promise? We kind of think about it as an option. Well, it might happen or it might not. It's a promise. You will be hated for mine's sake. You know, it's time for us to understand what that means. I've experienced hatred a little bit in my life. Every time I boldly proclaim myself as a Cornhuskers fan. And Lyle gets it for wearing a 49ers hat. And we won't even talk about Al. We can laugh at those things, but we're willing to bear the brunt of the abuse that comes because we wear the colors of our favorite football team or baseball team or basketball team or high school or whatever, but we're not willing to bear the brunt of it for our faith. Something's wrong with that picture. Because as much as I love football, it's nothing. It's nothing compared to that. It's all about the cross of Christ. And we carry it. We pick it up daily. And we carry it in our lives for the rest of the world to see. At least we should. Let's wear it. Let's proclaim it. Let's lift it high.
Because the second promise, that's where it's all at. But the one who endures to the end, the one who endures, the one who holds to the faith, the one who proclaims Jesus Christ, the one who endures to the end will be saved. Salvation comes by no other name than by the name of Jesus. Let's speak it. Let's proclaim it. Let's live it. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.